Welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Today my heart is open. My ears are alert to grow and change and never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Take your seats. Awesome. How good was that song that Justine sang this morning? Watch this space. Amazing drumming today. Thank you, Zach. Screaming guitars. Thank you, Michael and Chris. So good. Great worship from the behind the front row there this morning. Could feel it. Could feel it. Romans. Romans. You spoke about it. Good old Romans. Today, what I want to do in today's message is shed light on a, a crazy question. Ready? Is sinning okay now that we are forgiven for our sins? And I also want to help us understand why we start to feel stuck in our life when we stop submitting to God and start allowing sin in our world. Now, this is relevant for everybody. So don't tune out. Don't go, oh, sin, I get sin. Don't tune out. This is relevant for every person. So I've called today's message, Stuck Where I Stopped. Stuck Where I Stopped. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans from the Greek city of Corinth in 57 AD, just three years after a 16-year-old Nero had ascended to the throne as Emperor of Rome. And Rome was a hotbed for personal desires, a lot like our world today, also with enslaved Christians. Now, if you go through history, not long after Nero here, after this time of the Book of Romans, um, we see Christians getting kicked out of Rome, and then there's a time where they come back into Rome, and, and people were starting to get the re- uh, revelation of who Jesus was, who he really was as the Messiah. So I just want to read a passage of scripture that Paul wrote to these new Christians and to us here today. It's from Romans 7, 9 to 25, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation because Honestly, I read this in any other translation. You've got to sit there for a long time to get it. So the passion really just brings it home straight away. It says this, ready? I once lived without a clear understanding of the law, but when I heard God's commandments, sins, uh, sins sprang to life and brought with it a death sentence. The commandment that was intended to bring life brought me death instead. So that's the law. So sin by means of the commandment built a base of operation within me to overpower me and put me to death. So then, we have to conclude that the problem is not with the law itself. For the law is holy and its commandments are correct and for our good. You just said that. I'm not sure if I was in the spirit or you were in the spirit and we robbed each other, but maybe both. So verse 13, so did something meant to be good become death to me? Certainly not. It was not the law, but sin unmasked that produced my spiritual death. 
the sacred commandment merely uncovered the evil of sin so it could be seen for what it really is. In other words, now that I know Jesus and truth, I now know my old normal life was a life of sin. But I never saw it like that until I met Jesus because we just saw it as simple life. And when Jesus comes on the scene, we go, oh man, Jesus brought sin. No, no, sin was always there. Jesus brought light. And now you see the sin. So when we receive the revelation... With Jesus, we are forgiven and we are redeemed. We also receive the revelation that sin is real, that sin is enticing, and almost everything we say or do or want to do is sinful. And it leads to damnation. That's where sin leads, always to damnation. I feel like I'm revving up for something. (laughs) So this is the revelation that I am both a spirit being and a, being and a flesh being, not a being. A human being. A human being and a spirit being. So Romans 7 said this in verse 14, I am a human being made of flesh and trafficked as a slave under sin's authority. I need you to listen. Can you just lean in just for a moment here, church? So I'm going somewhere. Verse 15, I'm a, myst- I'm a mystery to myself, for I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral in- instincts condemn. These are big words for me. <laughs> and if my behaviour is not in line with my desire, my uh, conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. And now I realise that is, it is no longer my true self doing it but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. So for I know that nothing good lies within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. Huge. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So in my behavior contradicts, so if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it. But the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. Truly deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. Who loves to do what pleases God? But I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder who feels like there's an unwelcome intruder in their life is my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. Man, I identify with this. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man that I am? Unwelcome intruder of sin and death? No. In other words, your old habits? No. In other words, the thing you desire so much? No. 
I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way, a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. As, a, as if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. Amen. That's you, church. That's you today, fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles in your life. So we have flesh trafficked as a slave to sin. What I once considered as my normal life is not my true identity. Are you hearing this this morning? My true identity is my spirit-filled, forgiven, righteous person. That's who I really am. Sin Sin is an unwelcome intruder in your life. Sin is not your identity, people here today. Sin is not your, whether you know Christ or you don't. If you don't know Christ, you just don't know your true identity. And you've been sabotaged with an identity of sin, of self-living, of lust, of personal desires, of doing whatever you want to do. But this feels normal in a person's life who does not know Jesus. But it is not our true identity. Our true identity is only found in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we only obtain it through submission and obedience. I am to be fixed and submitted on God. On, on God. So when we stop being fixed on and submitted to God, we get stuck in our old behaviors, stuck in our old selves. This is because we begin accepting the identity of an intruder, the identity of sin, rather than our true identity as a child of God. Who wants to tell their old identity where to go today? (laughs) Every day, every morning. And put on our new identity every morning. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. I'm born because of the divine purpose that God has for my life. Every morning putting on our identity. First John. 1.8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. My hands are up. Church, I sin. Don't put that on Facebook. That's not the the quote today. (laughs) But it's true. And if I don't think that and I don't accept that and I don't declare that, to myself and to my old identity that that part of my old self keeps trying to sabotage me, well, then I'm deceiving myself, First John says. So when we stop submitting these areas to God, our flesh rises up and it will begin to overshadow our spirit man. Here's the war that we live between the flesh and the spirit. You know, I know so many people in, in life that seem to just constantly be pulled over to sin, over to sinful ways, over to lust, 
over to their personal desires. I see it every day. I counsel people all the time. We're always being pulled, myself included. Always feel like there is this pull. And, and I'm sure yourself, that always you feel this pull. And when we give over to that, what happens is we give power to that. And it starts to overshadow the spirit of God within in us. Not because God is weak. And not because sin is so powerful, but because we give it power. And the Spirit of God will, will, will crush any sin in our life if we call on the name of Jesus Christ every day. And I don't know about you, but I need to call on the name of Jesus every day. God, you've called me to amazing things, bigger things than what I'm doing now. I submit my flesh, my desires. Like Paul said, I crucify my flesh. I crucify my desires. I crucify my every passion because I am a son of God. And today I will reign in life and I'll have dominion over my life like a son of God actually has. I'm a king's kid, amen? Are you a king's kid today? So we get stuck where we stop. When we give our lives to Jesus, we are forgiven of all of our sins. But that doesn't mean it gives us license to sin. Romans 6, 15 to 16 says this. So what then? Because he, he was teaching, Paul was teaching this to the Roman, the new Christians. And they're going, well, if God's forgiven us for all of our sins, does that mean we can just go on sinning? <laughs> and Paul's like, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Ever heard that? Ever said that? Paul says, well, certainly not. Did you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death, or of obedience leading to righteousness. I need you to, hit, to listen, just lean in again for a moment, especially the younger generation. We have to understand something. Freedom doesn't mean we do whatever we want. There is no such thing as that type of freedom. It's a, it's a lie. It's not true. The world has been looking for freedom and they're not doing too good at finding it, right? That's not what freedom is. We are all always slaves. Listen to me today. Christian that lives in freedom. We are all Christian, non-Christian, believe in Jesus, whatever religion you might have. We are all always Slaves. I want, I just really, this, we need to get this church. Every one of us here today, we are slaves to something. There is no other option here. We are either slaves to sin, which leads to death, or we are slaves to obedience which leads to life, freedom. And this is what John was just teaching about tithing. You know, there's, there's five fundamentals in a Christian's life. One is his church. I hope I remember all these. One is prayer. 
One is reading the word of God. One is tithing. And one is other people. Others. That's the fundamentals of a Christian life. We all Christians pray. All Christians read the word. Christians go to church. There is no other place like the church. Oh my God, every Sunday I come to this place and I say, God, you're awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> I, just, I just love Sunday church. There is no other place when, but like when the saints gather. All Christians tithe. It's a fundamental. It's not a, it's not a obedience. The word of God teaches us to tithe. Obedience. And when you follow obedience, you don't become a slave and you're, you run out of finances. Obedience leads to life, to freedom that we're all after. So tithing, you don't lose money and become bound to this religious thing that's in the Bible. Who put that in there? The idea of tithing is to bring freedom into your world, to my world and to the church, to that world. Because the church is alive. So we're all always a slave. Today, would you choose what, who you're going to be a slave to? Sin to death, obedience to life. When we stop obeying God's word, we are closing a door and leaving God outside. That's what we're doing. We are trying to live in our sinful flesh nature, even though we now know that it isn't the real us. We get stuck in a diminishing cycle that reduces us to death. And today I believe that Jesus is saying to some people here today that you have closed the door and left me outside. This is what I believe that I feel like God gave me as a word. You've closed the door and you've left me outside. I have never left you. I remain outside of your life waiting. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, which means he's waiting for you. God never leaves us or forsakes us, amen? Thank you, Jesus. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That's good news, isn't it, this morning, church? If this sounds like you at all here today, I wonder today if you will let God strengthen you to walk in your true identity once again. Once we are forgiven, we are forgiven of all sin. But this doesn't mean we walk in our forgiveness. Let me say this again because this is important. Once we are forgiven, we are forgiven of all of our sins, past, present, future. But this doesn't mean we walk in our forgiveness. Forgiveness is always there. And we accept it through obedience and through repentance. Let me just explain this before I move on. Switch over. How's that? Ooh. <laughs> Let me explain this. 
forgiveness, when, when Jesus died on, his, on the cross, what he did for you and I is once and for all. He died 2,000 years ago. I wasn't even born yet, which means he, for, he forgave me then for what I hadn't, I hadn't even been born to sin. So he forgave me for all of my sins. Does that make sense? Because I wasn't yet born. Same for you. He forgave every sin. And then I gave my heart to God. And I accept that forgiveness and I become a child of God, which is brilliant. But what happens is because we are flesh and spirit until Jesus comes back and sorts some stuff out for us. I struggle with my flesh as you do every day. And the more I lean to my flesh and my desires and my lusts, what happens is I give that power and it starts to overshadow my spirit man. And then I think that God has left me, but the truth is, is I just closed an open door and he's just outside waiting, knocking. Come on, come on, Gray. He never left me, never forsook me. And then what happens is as I continue to satisfy my flesh and fall into sin, I have left forgiveness out the door. And so sin will start to overtake me until, like Paul says, we lose our faith that we don't need Jesus in our life and we lose our salvation. The only way you lose your faith. Sorry, the only way you lose your salvation is without faith. Because we left the answer out the door. Our door, by the way. And so today, God is calling people in this place to come back into that room and to open the door and to give Jesus a hug. Say, thank you for being here waiting for me. I've just been going on a bit, bit of a flesh journey. But I'll come back to you today, Jesus. And here's the thing, that forgiveness was always there. Doesn't matter. He doesn't sit there with scales trying to weigh, oh, man, when you went out doing the flesh thing, you were really bad. The guy down the road, I could forgive him pretty easy, but I just got to pray to the Father before I do this one. He doesn't do that. He stands at the door and knocks. And when you open it, you're going to be really surprised. The light's going to come in. His arms will be open. He'll walk through that door. Then the scripture says he will sit with you and he will dine with you and you with him. Unity again. Amen. Amen. So repentance is about accessing your forgiveness. It's already there, waiting. Jesus stands at the door of our life. And just in ending, you may feel stuck where you've stopped, where you've stopped pursuing God, where you've stopped placing him as number one, or maybe you just even... You know God's real, but you've never, ever pursued, and you're stuck, stuck in life, stuck in yourself. Every day you wake up, every night you go to sleep, kids cry in the middle of the night, you wake up tired, then the other kids cry, then you got to feed the other two. The cycle just goes on and on, right? Work, come home from work, how's your day? Great. What'd you do? Went to work. And you're just in this cycle of life, and you're stuck. God wants to breathe life into you again. God's forgiveness and your true identity awaits you today. Isn't that good news? 
He's knocking on the door of your life. Will you open the door again and get unstuck today? Is that good? That's a word for people here today. This is what I love us to do. Can we all stand to our feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Why don't we just all close our eyes? Today, if you want to get unstuck, you know who you are. This message was for you. You just boldly lift your hand across this place right now. If today's your day to get unstuck, I see hands everywhere. Be bold. Join these people. Just lift your hand really high. See your hand back there, sir. See your hand there. See your hand there, sir. Today's day. Today's the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad. Jesus said, would you take my yoke? Because my yoke is light. In other words, would you give your heart to me? And walk in my ways and walk with me. Because when we're yoked with Jesus and he walks us into our destiny, we are with him. We are right beside him, yoked with him. And he said, my yoke is light. In other words, I'll take you through things. There will be valleys, but I'll be with you the whole way. Don't close that door. Let me stay in your life. Life is life. Flesh is always there. The temptation will always be there. The enticement, sin is awesome. It's true. We all love sin. We all love something in our world. There's that something in our world, the lust or the desire, and you really do like it. That's the truth. I had to recognize this in my life, church, and stop being religious to myself because I just go, oh, no, I don't like sin. I'm a pastor. The truth is some sins are awesome doesn't make it right, and it will lead me to damnation. It will lead me to the pit of hell. The devil loves it. You know, when Jesus was on that cross, speared in the side, nails in the hand, blood pouring out, crying. His father turned his back on him because he took on the sins and the filthiness of this world. My sin. He counted it a joy. And today, would you allow the blood of Jesus wash over your life again? And would you count that a joy? If you lifted your hand, I'm just going to pray over you right now. Father, I thank you for every person. First of all, I thank you that you have remained at that door knocking. For some of us, it's just been a long, long time. For some of us, it's just been quickly, but one moment away from you. Oh God, one moment away from you. It's like the worst moment of our whole life. We counted it a joy today, Lord God, to open that door. We're going to face some stuff. We're, yep, we're going to be tempted with flesh is going to call out. But Father, our flesh is not our true identity. Today we say our spirit man is our true identity and we walk in it. We are sons and we are daughters of the living most high God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Every temptation is nothing compared to the strength and power that we find in Him. 
We are overcomers born by Jesus Christ and sanctified and cleansed and washed today. And so, Father, I pray for every person that lifted their hand this morning and, and said, God, I open the door. Would you welcome me home? I pray right now, ahead your protection like you did in the book of Job around their life, around their world. And would you fill them with confidence and strength? Holy Spirit, would you counsel people that need holy uh, counseling today? Would you do what you do? And Father, you know, church, listen, just open your eyes for a sec. We've got so much time, it just doesn't matter. We've got all day. I just have my own little joke. We have substituted God things with worldly answers for too long, amen? This is what I mean. We are quick to diagnose and require counselling in place of what the Bible says, that the Spirit of God is our counsellor and our helper. He's our healer. Now, you've got to understand, I'm not saying that those, these are gifts, people with gifts. God gave them this gift. So there's a time and a place. But we run to God first. There is so many times I've needed professional counselling and the Holy Spirit did it. I went to the professional, the true professional, because every other professional just learns from him anyway. So I just thought I'd just go straight to the top. We have this access. Did you know just like this, in just that one moment, Jesus breathed his last breath? Just like that, in one moment, he raised from the dead and everything changed. When Jesus and the Spirit of God comes into your life, in just one moment, everything can change. Amen. Receive that word today. If you're in this place this morning and you've never given your heart to God before, today is your day. Would you open the door? Because he's there, he's knocking, he's waiting. That's what today's all about. So church, if we could just close our eyes one more time in honour of this moment. If that's you, I'm just going to look around. Can you just be really bold? It's a bit dark and I just want to see who I'm about to pray with. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus today and become a child of God, I see your two hands over there.